0: Welcome to Green Pastures Broadcast with Bishop James Hansen Saki, presiding bishop of Christ Church Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana and USA. We thank God for the Holy Spirit and we thank God for what he's doing in the church in the protons church amen and we are here to continue the series on the holy spirit especially on spiritual gifts somebody shout spiritual gifts so these gifts are spiritual they are given by the holy spirit and we have seen three of them already we have seen the gift of word of knowledge we have seen the gifts of descending of spirits we have seen the gift of word of wisdom amen And so we know what these gifts are, and they are a blessing. The Bible says these gifts are given to bring profit to everyone. Now today we'll be looking at the, and in the introduction I shared with you on the fact that there are nine of these gifts, as we can see in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verse 1 all the way to 13. And then we have seen that these gifts are divided into three main groups, these nine gifts are divided into three main groups and we said that there is what we call the revelation gifts the revelation gifts they come under under the revelation gifts you have got the gift of word of knowledge word of wisdom and discerning of spirits these are revelation gifts because these are gifts that come by revelation and so the gift of word of knowledge is a supernatural ability given by the holy spirit for a believer a christian full of the holy spirit to know things facts and events that are taking place in the past and are taking place now so we saw examples of peter and ananias and his wife that they came to church they had a plan in their bedroom pastor is not aware they got to church and pastor said why did you do this in your bedroom and why did you conspire to lie against the holy spirit that was the manifestation of the gift of word of knowledge and at the same time we also learned about the gift of discerning of spirits which is the supernatural ability given by the holy spirit to you as a gift that helps you to distinguish between spirits you see into the spirit realm you are also able to tell the different kinds of spirits and the power behind the operations of any gift or spirit in a particular place, whether it's the spirit of man, the spirit of the devil, or that of God. So you are not deceived. And then there's a gift of word of wisdom, which is a supernatural ability to know the mind of God and to bring solutions to complex problems. Amen. Last week we saw that one. These three falls under what we call the revelation gifts. Then we have what we call the power gifts from 1 Corinthians 2. 12 these gifts are the gift of special faith the gift of working of miracles and the gifts of healing and then we also have what we call the vocal gifts these gifts are is demonstrated or are demonstrated through our ability to say something so these gifts is released through our vocal cords and this is prophecy interpretation of tongues and tongues amen hallelujah all right so first corinthians chapter 12 Which is our main scripture because today I want to speak to you on the gift of prophecy. Somebody shout prophecy. Somebody shout prophecy. Oh, you are whispering. I said shout prophecy. Uh Now you are alive. It shows that at least the food you ate is still working. Somebody shout prophecy. Yes, okay. Now I can hear you because you've been whispering. Right. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's go quickly to verse... One. Now concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant. And I've shared it over the weeks that God doesn't want us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. That means that what God doesn't want you to be ignorant of. You must be knowledgeable of, you must be aware of it, because it's supposed to be a blessing to you. That is why you must not be ignorant of it. And he says that, verse three. Therefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and that no man can say Jesus is the Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Somebody shout the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations but it is the same god who works all in all but the manifestation of the spirit the manifestation of the spirit is the same as the gifts of the spirit is given to everyone to bring profit to everyone amen for to one is given the spirit of word of wisdom the word of knowledge by the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healing by the same spirit to another working of miracles to another prophecy. Somebody shouts prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. To another interpretation of tongues. So we have established that one of the characteristics of a person is that the person must be able to see. He must be able to do things. And must be able to say things. And so the Holy Spirit speaks through you by the vocal gifts. And he does things by the power gifts. And he sees through you by the revelation gifts. Amen. So we've done the revelation gifts, and today we want to look at the gift of prophecy. Somebody shout prophecy. Now, prophecy can be defined as speaking the mind of God. Amen. Speaking the mind of God. Conveying the message of God. That is prophecy. Now, prophecy has two parts. Most of the time, when people hear the word prophecy, they always think about the other part of prophecy. Prophecy is both forth telling and foretelling. Let me take that again. Forth-telling, forth telling, F O R T H. Forth telling and foretelling. Foretelling is telling before. F O R E, then in telling. T-E-L-L-I-N-G. So prophecy is speaking the mind of God, being blessed supernaturally, gifted to know the mind of God, and to speak the word of God. But then when we speak the word of God, it's in two parts. It either comes as forth telling, saying something. In fact, the main thought conveyed by these words prophecy or prophesy is basically to tell forth god's mind on a matter amen to tell god's mind on a matter so whether it is family whether it's church whether it's community whether it's the nation we tell god's mind on the matter so that is prophecy now it can just be that God brings a word. You know, sometimes when you come to church and the word of God comes, there are many, many times after service, people had walked up to me and said, Pastor, you spoke to me today. The word ministered to me today. Now, the word that ministered to the person didn't say anything predictive, but a word of encouragement came. Also, I was going through something like that, but the message that was preached today really addressed my needs and I'm satisfied. So that is the word of God that has come. It is prophecy, all right, but it was not predictive. The second aspect of the word of prophecy is predictive. That is what we call foretelling, saying something before it comes. Accurately saying and predicting something before it happens, that is what we call foretelling, saying something before it comes to pass. To tell beforehand tell coming future events or to say what god is about to do that moves us to what we call foretelling predictive prophecy then there is prophecy that just comes to minister maybe i come to church and i preach on the message of God and maybe somebody's going through something and he the message is just what God wants you to hear now even though I preach on the message of God I didn't say anything that in two weeks from today this and that and that is going to happen but the message came and it blessed someone because you talked about the message of God there are times that people have gone through things and we are praying God says go and speak on financial planning and so i come and preach on that and somebody feels blessed because the person may be going through financial problems and has been messing up all their finances and then a word of god comes with the wisdom of god speaking from proverbs or ecclesiastes and talking about wisdom is a defense and you know and money is a defense and how to handle money etc so i would have come to church preached that one it doesn't say anything predictive but it ministers to your situation it's still the mind of god that brought you encouragement and showed you a direction so that is forth telling saying the mind of god at that moment but then there is the other aspect and it's the second aspect that many people have become used to whenever we talk about prophecy anytime we talk about prophecy people always look for something so predictive that is what is going to happen tomorrow what is going to happen in 10 years time what is going to happen it's in fact one day somebody called me and even asked me so the match between this team and that team who is going to win have you checked with God to tell us so that we can know and I say I'm not going to bother God with some of these things go go and support your team if they lose just be fine football is like that you win and you lose But, you know, people wanted to always know things about tomorrow because we are always, as humans, unsure of tomorrow. So we always want an assurance for tomorrow. So when we talk about prophecy, it's in two parts. Speaking the mind of God regarding the situation and then moving on to also speak the mind of God concerning what is going to happen. Amen. Amen. And that is the foretelling aspect of prophecy, which is the same as when, say, someone has predicted, you know, so prophetically predict this is going to happen in the end times, etc., etc. So this is a particular gift of the Holy Spirit, which is also very, very important to the believer. Amen. Now I want you to first of all establish, I want to make this very clear here, that this is one of the areas that we need a lot of control. Or supervision, especially this very gift. Amen. The reason is because a lot of people move into error when it comes to that. Everybody wants to be a prophet. Now, the fact that you operate this gift does not make you a prophet. Do you understand? Let me help you. Now, there is the ministry gift of the prophet, and there is the Holy Spirit gift. Of prophecy what we are seeing here is the ministry gift the Holy Spirit gift of prophecy let me take that again the Holy Spirit gift of prophecy the Spirit of God gives you the gift the ability to know the mind of God concerning a matter concerning a situation or sometimes he may move you to the realms where you Predict something by the Spirit of God to say, Yes, in three days' time, this is what is going to happen. That happened. Now, all these ones operate under this gift, but it does not necessarily make you a prophet. A prophet is a ministry gift, it is different from a spiritual gift given by the Holy Spirit. The prophet, just like the pastor, the apostle, the teacher, and the evangelist, these are gifts of Christ they are not gifts of the holy spirit they are gifts of christ in that case they are not gifts that operate through a man they are the man actually is the gift that god gives he places an anointing on him and that whole person is a gift amen you here and so that one can be found in ephesians chapter 4 verse 11 just look at that quickly so that i can draw the balance because this is this is why i took my time to come to that point because many times i've seen young christians you know the moment this this gift is operating, they call themselves prophet this no you are not prophet that yet and he himself that is the christ jesus he himself he gave some to be Take the next verse before, the 10. Verse 10 or 9. 9, let's go to 9 and see. 8. Therefore he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Who ascended on high? Who ascended on high? Jesus. When he ascended on high, he gave gifts. To men these gifts, these gifts is an extension of himself. He placed it upon certain individuals, and he says that these people move on to the next 10, 10 10th verse for me, please. He who descended also is the one who ascended far above all heavens that he might feel all things. The next verse, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some. Teachers, some evangelists, some pastors for the equipping of the church for the work of the ministry. Amen. So, when someone is called by God as a prophet, he may sometimes operate these gifts of the Holy Spirit also in his office. As a prophet, I don't like to use the word office, but for the purpose of this teaching, that's why I'm using the word office. It is not an office, it's actually a ministry gift. Amen. Amen. So this, these are persons. So these are what we call pastors, apostles, teachers, evangelists. These, these are ministry giftings. They are humans carrying an extension of the anointing of Christ on Himself because those five fold gifts were all in Christ christ was an apostle he was a prophet he was a teacher he was an evangelist he was a pastor all wrapped inside him when he ascended on high he dropped packages of this on certain people who are extensions of his ministry for them to carry on so sometimes they overlap really do you have one person really having all at once but sometimes you may have one person having one or two of these gifts overlapping so you may find an apostle seeming to operate in most of these other areas as well. But that is not a subject for today. But I just wanted you to see that there's a difference between the prophecy mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12 and the office of a prophet. Are you here? Do you understand it? Amen. Hallelujah. So the, the fact that you prophesy does not make you a prophet. Amen. 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 Right, so that when you start prophesying, suddenly we don't start having Prophet Albert in the church and it must be confirmed if the calling is there. Amen. And there is a procedure and a process of raising a prophet or a pastor or an apostle or evangelist, etc. But there must always be a starting point. This is New Testament, Holy Spirit's gift of prophecy that is in operation. It doesn't make the person a prophet necessarily amen all right okay now let's go back to our first corinthians 12. now this gift because things have to be revealed And then you have to speak it out because that is how you get to know the mind of God. This gift is revealed by the Holy Spirit. And when it is revealed by the Holy Spirit, it may come through dreams. These are prophetic dreams. Visions. An audible voice of the Holy Spirit. An audible voice. You hear God see something clearly so there are levels of hearing from god remember this gift is a supernatural ability to speak the mind of god concerning a matter and it can be just saying something to address an issue or it can be predictive it can say god can just speak and say in two days time this is what i'm about to do so that is predictive prophecy amen so these gifts how do they operate how does it come to us it comes to us through dreams and these dreams are just not ordinary dreams they are prophetic dreams so god will speak to you through a dream through visions and sometimes through an audible voice when i say an audible voice maybe you may hear that in a dream or actually you are not asleep You are just standing and you hear a voice clearly speaking to you this is not sickness that you are hearing voices amen you hear god speak clearly audibly in your ears or in your mind you hear it clearly you hear a voice you hear a voice speaking to you and directing you or saying what he's about to do amen so how many things did i mention Did I say three or four? What's the first one? Dreams, prophetic dreams. Number two. Three. Audible voice. Amen. Now when we talk about visions, we also have got what we call closed visions and open visions. Are we getting blessed? Are we getting educated? Open visions and closed visions. We'll see some examples in the scriptures. An open vision is a vision that you see into the spirit realm and you are not asleep. You know, you are not asleep. It's not like a you are sleeping and dreaming and seeing things. No, your eyes are open. And suddenly another scroll just opens, or you see a screen, or you start seeing into the realms of the spirit. It's a supernatural ability. So God can do that to some people. And it's not, it's not. um, The vision shows itself in many forms. That is why I don't want you to program yourself in one way. Everyone the Holy Spirit speaks to or open your eyes into this direction. He does it in many forms. Amen. It can just be an open vision. Just like that. It's an open vision. You are not asleep. Then we have got closed vision. Under closed vision, we have what we call a trance, T-R-A-N-C-E. Under a trance, which is a closed vision, it's not a dream. You are not fully asleep and fully awake. You are in between that, and you begin to see things. So sometimes you could feel your surroundings. You can even hear, assuming you are taking a nap in the afternoon. You could, you could hear other members of the family in the house, but then you are in another realm. You are are seeing things differently. Amen. And then also, as part of a closed vision, sometimes you have an out-of-body experience. The Lord can take you out of the body to show you something and bring you back. Amen. Now, Satan does some of those things. But it doesn't mean anything Satan does, he's been copying from God. Amen. Are you here? So when God wants to show us things in the spiritual realm concerning his mind about a matter, concerning whether what he's about to do or an explanation of a situation or his word concerning a situation, he may employ these avenues, these avenues of visions and dreams. And in the matter of visions and dreams, it can take the form of an audible voice. It can take the form of an open vision. It can take the form of being taken out of your body to be shown something concerning the mind of God and being brought back. So many other instances of this takes place. Glory be to Jesus. Now, so we have already gotten what it means, what it is, foretelling, foretelling. It comes through dreams visions an audible voice etc and sometimes it is also declared even though we may say we speak it with our mind after I've known the mind of God and may speak There are also what we call symbolic prophetic actions it's one of the ways by which it is communicated symbolic prophetic actions now so take note of that one too and then if I forget one of them what you have written remind me of that amen Symbolic prophetic actions, I'll tell you what they are. They are symbolic in nature, but God is is prophesying. Now, remember that in the story about Joseph interpreting the dream to Pharaoh, the Pharaoh had a dream, and the dream was very symbolic. It needed interpretation. He dreamed of seven lean cows eating seven fat cows. And they were still lean, as if they had not eaten. And Joseph said, "The seven cows represented seven years." I mean, how do you know seven cows in a dream means seven years? It is. You see, so God is communicating seven years, and He is, is showing cows. Now, it doesn't mean that any time you see a cow, it is a year. So you you don't program God and say when you see this is that, because it changes. Are you here? Now, so it doesn't mean that. Um, cows or seven cows means seven years all the time you know in prison whilst joseph was in prison some two men were brought in from pharaoh's palace who had misbehaved and they were put in jail both of them had a dream and one of them each of them had a dream one of them said that he dreamt that he was carrying three baskets joseph said it means three days you see that this time is three days Now, that means that you start looking for basket for three days. It's not. The next time someone had a dream and it was cows, it says seven years. So the interpretation of each manifestation of symbolic revelation has its own revelation. So you don't stick to one thing and say, ah, anytime you see this, it means that, no, that is not lottery. God is not like that. Are you here? His methods are different. That is why it must always be a leading of the spirit. But I'm just trying to draw your attention that sometimes God communicates through symbolic revelations, symbolic revelations. Now, so when I said symbolic revelations, write agabus, A-G-A-B-U-S. Don't remind me of that. Now, I'm sharing some things that are not in my notes. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you by divine inspiration now. So I'm giving you a lot of examples that are not in my notes. Sometimes I come in and I just want to make things basic, but as I'm ministering the Holy Spirit, let's go deeper. Go deeper go deeper amen are you here desire to get deep in God in Jesus name hallelujah glory be to Jesus now so these things come through dreams visions also let's quickly go to numbers chapter twelve let's read from verse one quickly and Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman or the black woman that he had married. Moses' wife was black. Amen. Whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. And the Bible said that, and they said, Had the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Does he also not speak to us? We too we hear from God. And the Bible says, The Lord had it. They came to attack Moses. You have a case, you have your own concerns, present it. If you want to attack the man, present but don't try to use his wife to try to say that you too, you hear from God. You are not the one God met at the burning bush. It was actually because of the man that God decided to call you also and give you some gift to come and support him. Now the Bible says that they spoke against him and the Lord heard it. The Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men who were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spoke suddenly to Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam and says, Come out, three of you, into the tabernacle of the congregation. And the three came out. So God spoke suddenly to them and said, Come to a meeting. I have a serious meeting with you because these two of you have come to attack my servant. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam and they came forward. And the Lord said to them, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, I make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Is that in your Bible? You say I make myself known to him in a vision. That means he speaks through visions and he says, I speak in a dream. So dreams are the language of the spirit. Now I'm not talking about when you're eating McDonald's food and you sleep, you start seeing crocodiles, then the Lord is speaking. Fast and pray, you hear God. Amen. But I want you to know that one of the means by which God speaks, He says, I speak in a dream. I reveal myself or reveal things through visions. So It's very, very important to understand that visions and dreams are the communication languages of God? They are tools of God, visions and dreams. Amen. He says, I speak that. And then he moved on to say, There is also a higher level of my revelation by which my prophecy or my word comes. This is the basic level that I reveal or speak dreams and visions. But there is another dimension, and that is what he says. And he said, But my servant Moses is not like that. I don't just talk to him basically from vision and dreams. He is faithful in all my house. With him, I speak mouth to mouth. As if I speak face to face to him, I speak at another level, even apparently and not in dark speeches. Amen i speak plainly and not in dark sayings what we call dark sayings are the symbolic revelations that need interpretation so he says that moses has graduated to the level when i speak to him i just speak clearly get up and go home i don't show him apples and oranges that he needs to interpret do you understand i speak directly to him so there are levels of divine revelation and how god and he sees the form of the lord why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant so god sometimes he doesn't take it for he doesn't take it lightly when people speak against His servants amen hallelujah and god's anger was directed at them so later on we saw that he he punished both of them because of the way they attack Moses. But he brought us a revelation here that if there is a prophet, if anyone hears from me, if anyone will get my mind, this is how I speak. I speak through dreams and visions. And at another level, I speak openly without any. Because when we dream, most of the things we see in dreams always cause for interpretation. But at a certain level, it's so clear. As it is, so it is. So it's very, very clear what it is. Amen. Now, God will speak to us through any of this and will speak to individuals like this and all that you need to know is to learn to know how he speaks to you and then you master it. Amen. And then you know that frequently for you, this is exactly how he communicates. Because prophecy is to know the mind of God. Concerning a matter, a situation, etc. Amen. Right, so we have seen the example of Joseph. And if we go back to Genesis 39, you will see an example of what I'm talking about. If we go to Genesis 37, the Bible says that Joseph was a son of Jacob. Jacob loved him more than all his, his brothers because he was a son of his old age. The truth is that he was the son of the woman he loved. And he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brothers saw, verse 4, when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Every time they speak harshly to him. And Joseph dreamed a dream. And he told his brothers. And they hated him yet the more. Now these brothers were the sons of a prophet. Jacob was a prophet. He has trained his sons. He has taught them spiritual things. So when somebody sees a dream, they knew, they could interpret it directly. They knew, they knew what a dream meant. So his brothers, if, you, if, if we, I don't like you and you come and tell me a dream, why should that increase my hatred for you? Except that I understand the dream that you have had. So we see here that when his brothers saw that, they hated him yet the more. And he said to them, this is the dream that I dreamt. See, we were binding sheaves. Does it say sheaves here? Sheaves. You know sheaves? How many of you know sheaves? All right, so if you have been to the farm before, you will know sheaves. I think we have to, have to take you on a trip too. To, to, to Ghana. To Africa on a trip. At least we have to have one of the camp meetings there. So all of us go. During one summer time. And then we can see some stuff. Amen. We can see some stuff. It will be very exciting. Very good. And echo, how do you feel about that? Yeah. Powerful. Glory to Jesus. See, when you when when the when you harvest crops, or depending on what you are doing, depending whether it's crops or you are actually gathering hay to prepare for maybe the flock or the animals that you have been having on the farm you know you bind them together maybe you put let's say 100 leaves together and then you tie them another hundred you tie them another hundred you tie them these are sheaves these are from the harvest but you you tie each of the harvest maybe into hundred folds and then you tie it With a cloth or with a string, and then you do the same thing. So he says, We were binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf, one is a sheaf, the plural sheaves. So my sheaf, the one I'm binding, suddenly stood upright, and indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Now remember, this is symbolic revelation, isn't it? Because it's not so clear what this meant. But these are sons of a prophet. They could easily decode it straight away. God is talking, but he's speaking in prophetic language. He's speaking prophetically and through dreams. So look at this. I wish that we could have had a photo of it. Can you Google Sheeps? Or we are not online. It's not online. Okay, so we, we can't get it through. Alright, I wish people could just, I want you to have a graphic image of that. So sheaves, they will all lie down as you tie them. Have you seen, it's just like, uh, you know the household broom that we have, the the typical African broom. Have you seen that one or you you are just used to, oh, Israel, we should have brought one, isn't it? Yeah, we should have pulled one from, from the kitchen. Anytime I go to Ghana, we bring some. Keep it there. So he could have brought some just for illustrative purposes now but then it says we were doing these things and then suddenly in the dream he saw that his own stood upright his brother's own also stood upright and then they all bowed so his will be standing and they all bow that's strange isn't it that is very strange and his brother said to him shall you indeed reign over us you see that they recorded it straight away they understood the thing God, that is how God speaks. God is speaking. This is prophetically. He's saying to the young man, you are going to be king. You are going to be head. You are going to be a leader. Your brothers, you will be above your brothers, even though you are 12. You are the, you are the 11th born. But all of them will bow before you. So they, his brothers immediately understood it. And they said, are you going to indeed reign over us? Or shall indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Verse 9, and he dreamt yet another dream. Don't stop dreaming. Keep dreaming. And then he told his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamt one more dream. This guy, he won't keep quiet. And then he says to them, the sun and the moon. And eleven stars. Let's go back. Where is nine? We didn't finish nine. When it says, the sun the moon, and the eleven stars have done something. Bowed down to me. Bowed down to me. I saw in a dream the, the sun, the moon, eleven stars bowed down to me. Verse 10. So he told to his father and his brothers and his father rebuked him and said to him now what daddy did here was a protective rebuke he he is a prophet that's Jacob that's your father he immediately could understand it but he's like son don't say it so intentionally rebuked him as if he's angry just to protect him to keep the others off but the others were too smart what is this dream that you have dreamt shall your mother and i you see mother is the moon daddy is the sun 11 stars your 11 brothers clearly the father picked it quickly next verse indeed come down to the earth to bow before you what are you talking about so you could see that this is what God is communicating. Right at the age of 17, God has been speaking to him in a dream. And this dream is foretelling what he is going to be. The mind of God is being revealed. But this time, it's not just the mind of God. It has a prophetic or predictive side of this remember when i started prophecy i said it's two parts foretelling and forth telling you that this one god is saying something ahead of time you are going to be great you are going to be a leader and to the extent that your brothers your father your mother all of them will come and bow before you that's a sheaf you see it's tied and it says that what happened there was that everyone has got this Normally, it will lie on the ground. His own stood and the rest of the lot all fell down before it. That's exactly the dream he had. Sun and moon and his brothers envied him. But his father kept the matter in his mind. He knew that this is too strong. This is definitely going to happen. God has confirmed it twice. The fact that a dream is repeated means that we are heading towards something that is going to definitely manifest that is one of the keys to prophetic dream interpretation if it is repeated it is going to happen it is going to happen so you have to be smart about it amen so we have to be careful when we start hearing from god or receiving instructions from god as i shared with some of you in the past i didn't know that god was talking to me when it starts like that sometimes you don't know just like him i'm sure innocently he was sharing some things and maybe making certain mistakes about it but his father kept it it means his father may be interceding on the matter but his brothers for them jealousy and envy had filled them so they could understand it but that is clearly god saying to him instead of him to come early in the morning waking from his sleep joseph i want you to be a leader In the next 20 years, you are going to be king. You are going to be the head. All your brothers will bow before you. No. God comes talking, sheaves, stars and moon. Speaking like that. But his father picked it because he is full of the Holy Spirit. He could easily understand what God is communicating. So God speaks through visions and dreams. And clearly, this is what was going on here. There's a very strange aspect of the gift of God on my life. Of all the gifts, I'm very excited about them, but this very manifestation when it shows up, I'm not very happy about it because of the nature of the consequence. Now, I started years ago. Started, I think it was in first year of university. I may see someone and then I will hear a voice. Look at him again. You won't see him again. And then within three weeks or so, they said the person has just died. You know, it happened one, two, three, four. So every time I feel guilty, that I killed four people on four different occasions. And then one day I was praying because anytime time it happens and I reflect, oh, but I just saw him. Maybe you're on a taxi or on a bus, just see this person, Say, look again. I look at him and you won't see him again. You know, when that voice comes, you will not see him again. And then three weeks down, most of the time, within a maximum of three weeks, the person passed away. So I said, Ah. And the annoying thing was that these are not very old people, you know, sometimes they are young people, etc. And then So I didn't understand. The one day I was waiting on God and I said, the third one when it happened, it was very sad. I mean, he was 36 years old. I do remember very well. I came, came back from school, saw my mom, she was seeing me off, and then I just turned and looked. He said, Why do you look as ill? I just look at it and they said look again i look at it and say you won't see him again i didn't tell my mom that i sat and went two weeks later i came home to pick something and i said oh have you heard the news yes died yesterday you know and it hurts so i went to god in prayer and he said when i speak like that it's me i want you to pray for them and you didn't pray i said but you didn't tell me i should pray <laughs> I didn't know. I mean, it's just you're just a university first year. You're talking to me these strange things. I mean, I'm seeing things already, but this bit of it, especially about people and whether they will die soon, it was just and and since then, at least in the past several years, at least I can count about 12 people that that has happened, but they have not died because I prayed so. God speaks like that. His father kept the thing in his mind. Now, so we see the manifestation. Now, this is, this is when he was 17 years old. If we go back to 36, 37, 37, 38, 39, you find his age that he was 17. Um, verse 2, even 37 verse 2, it says this are the generation of Jacob. Joseph being 17 years, was feeding his father's flock with his brethren, And And then these things began to happen at 17. Now, I want us to follow Joseph just for the purpose of a character study for this very subject of prophecy. We will not be able to exhaust all today, but we will be looking at them as we go. Because I want you to have a thorough understanding of this very gift. Amen? And in prayer, God told me he would deposit some giftings in some people. In Jesus' name. And there are preparations. I haven't taught you everything yet. I need to tell you how to position yourself to hear from God, etc. But I need to run through these gifts quickly. And then we start that as well. Amen. But I want us to look at this man. Ultimately, his brothers hated him. And the hatred moved on to the point that they finally sold him. And their main purpose was that we will see what will happen to his dreams. And so they sold him. And he was resold, etc. And the Bible says in chapter 39, verse 1... And the Joseph was brought down to Egypt after he had been sold. And an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian bought him from the hands of the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. But the Lord was with him. He was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And, you know, he, he was blessed and he was doing well there, but he was a slave. And there's somebody who there's a prophecy over that his brothers and sisters and everyone will bow before him, indicating that this is going to be a leader. He's going to be a great person. And God communicated that through dreams at the age of 17. And then he had now been sold as if the vision, when would it come to pass? It has been sold twice. And it feels like when would this come to pass? You know, but then when you stay with God, despite persecutions and attacks, what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn it around for good when we see things about our future and we speak it out, the devil will hear it. He will launch an attack. If we stay in God through the process, God will use the circumstance to project us to the final destination. But if we don't stay with God and we mess up, then we fall into the hands of the enemy and he will mess up the prophecy of God. Now, so, when the Bible says that Joseph's master's wife you know cast his eyes on him and you know started eyeing him and started having some interest in him and, uh, and was fancying him and and, and was dreaming about him and so one day when he was working in the house uh, she made some advances at him and Joseph understood that despite everything i know my limitation as a servant of god as a child of god i knew that my ability to continue to hear from god hangs on my holy living Because the name of the Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit. He works best in holy vessels. Amen. And so the Bible says that, verse 7, And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Sleep with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, my master doesn't know what is in the house. He has committed everything into my house. Everything in the house he has committed to my hands. There's no one greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me except you. I know my limitation here. I know that you are not one of the people I should have in this house. You are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? It came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day. This was a daily pressure, sexual harassment, daily, 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 that he did not listen to her. To lie by her or to be with her. When you come under distance, don't play around. The Bible says flee. Otherwise, you'll be trapped. you become salt. You will melt. So flee. And it came to pass about this time that Joseph went to the house to do his business. And there was none of the men of the house with him. Satan will always make sure there will be nobody there. It will only be you and him. Or him and you. And she caught him by his garment. Saying, sleep with me. And he left his garment in her hand, and he fled and got out of the house. It came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment and had fled, that she called to the men of the house and spoke to them and said, Look, my husband has brought this Hebrew to come and mock me, and he has tried to rape me. It came to pass when she lifted her voice and tried to cry crocodile tears. And made a case out of it. The long and short of it was that he falsely accused Joseph Of something that he did not do and the Bible says Joseph was put in jail and so he was in jail and the Lord was with him showed him mercy and gave him favor etc so the guy was put in jail and was there years passed by just see how quickly all these things passed and then the Bible says that ultimately some people were put in jail chapter 40 Joseph interpreted their dream they also forgot about him they went away two whole years came before chapter 41 Let's read 41 quickly. It came to pass at the end of two full years, a pharaoh dreamt. Have you seen Dreamy again? And behold, he stood by the river and then he saw seven well-favored cows come out of the river, fat-fleshed and they fed in the meadow. And he saw seven other cows come up out of the river, ill-favored, lean, etc. And the Bible says that if the thing troubled the king that his sleep even departed from him and he was troubled in his spirit. And then he called for his magicians and advisors and none of them could interpret the dream. And then they brought Joseph out of the prison. So the Bible tells us that, you know, he interprets some people's dream and then the man explained that this is what we went through when we're in prison. So verse 12 says, and there was a young man with us, chapter 41, a Hebrew, servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams. He interpreted to us our dreams, each man according to his dream, and it came to pass as he told us. It was me. So it was me you restored to my office and him you hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and they called Joseph and they brought him. And Joseph also told Pharaoh the meaning of the dream the Pharaoh had had, etc., etc. I just want you to see that when he did all of that, he was promoted. And I want you to see something there right from the verse number 46 of chapter 41. So Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh. Can you imagine how long this has been? Since the last time we heard of him, his age was 17. He has been through all these problems, put in jail, falsely accused. It doesn't appear as if the dream is coming to pass. His brothers must bow before him. It's a symbolic revelation that he's going to be a leader. But the signs were there. Even in jail, the Bible says they made him to be in charge of the prisoners. Even in jail. Even as a slave, he became specially favored. And so he was running the administration of the main house of his master. And yet, gradually we are seeing the signs. But the ultimate thing was that if you look at 30 years plus 17, minus 17, we see 13 years, isn't it? 13 years of since this dream was had. And it doesn't appear to have come to pass. But then, the dream that he interpreted to the Pharaoh implies that there will be a season of hunger and there will be a season of abundance. The season of abundance will pass and then there will be a season of Sorry, the f- season of abundance will pass. And then there will be a season of famine for another seven years. So remember at the age of 30, he was in this palace. And right after giving this interpretation, we moved into the seven years of abundance. So by 37 years, there was abundance. And then we started the second half, which is the years of famine. Another seven years of farming. It was in the middle of the second seven years of famine that his brothers showed up. So remember, 37, there has been abundance. Second half of that would have been three and a half years, isn't it? So he would have been about 41, thereabouts, isn't it? 41 when his brothers showed up. So just deduct 17 out of 41. It's been a long time. What does that give us? Oh, I'm not hearing the maths. 41 minus 17. 24. 24 years since God spoke and said, your brothers will bow before. It felt like it's it's far away. It's not going to happen. Uh So the famine came all over the earth. Verse 56. There was famine all over. Famine all over. And then chapter 42. Jacob heard because now the thing was not only in egypt it's across the whole world jacob heard it that there was corn in egypt he didn't know that his son is the one who has supervised proper and judicious management he came out of prison and rolled up a 14-year economic management plan by the spirit of god and he told his children and said i've heard that there's corn in egypt go down there And buy for us from there that we may live and not die. So Joseph's brothers, ten of them, went down to Egypt to buy. And Benjamin, but Benjamin, the youngest son, who is Joseph's direct brother because they only came from one, one mother. Benjamin and Joseph were the children of Rachel. He didn't allow him to go because he feared mischief would fall on him. So the sons of Israel came to buy corn. Among those that people the people that came for the farming was all over in the land of Canaan. And Joseph was governor over the land. And he it was that sold to all the people of the land. Joseph's brothers came and did what? Did what? Did what? After how many years? Twenty-four years. They came and they bowed down. They think they want to fight. It happened. 24 years ahead, God spoke this one in a dream. Sheaves. Remember the first one, it was his brothers? The first one was his brothers. So the first group of people from his family who bow would be his brothers, minus daddy. Daddy's one came in the second dream. They bowed. They bowed before him. Check it out. Exactly like what happened in the dream. What does he say? They bowed with their faces to the earth was the sheaves on the earth said they all bowed his own was standing so that was God's mind revealed in a prophecy by way of dreams and the language in the dream did not come with an audible voice to say Joseph in 24 years all oh, your brothers will bow before you. You are going to be a great governor. No, he came speaking in symbolic language. Be mindful of symbolic revelations. Amen. Faces to the earth. And Joseph intentionally. The Bible says, and Joseph saw his brothers, and he recognized them, but he made himself strange to them. Remember, he speaks Egyptian, and he's dressed like a pharaoh, like you know, like a pharaoh. So they can't, in fact, they never thought it's there because they sold him to Ishmaelites. So really, they are not even thinking this. And it's been 24 long years. He's gone. Now the man is now 40-something. He looks different from the one that they sold at 17. He's a different guy. He doesn't have a beard. At 17, he didn't have a beard. Now he's he's a different man. He's a different thing. But he recognized them. And so he acted strangely to them and treated them roughly a little bit. Shook them a little bit. Verse 8. Joseph knew his brothers, but they knew him not. Verse 9. And Joseph remembered the dreams which he dreamt of them. And then he intentionally accused them, You are spies to see the nakedness of the land. They said, No, my lord. They started calling him my lord. And then they started confessing a few things to them that we are 12, blah, blah, blah. One has died. The other, we don't know what happened to him, etc. Joseph said, I said you are spies. And he troubled them a little bit. Amen. And then they they started confessing to each other. Later when you go home, you just read that. I didn't want to use that to to divert my attention. But they they started talking in Hebrew and they didn't realize that he understands the Hebrew. So they said, "This, this is serious because he said he's going to put them all in jail until they can prove that they are no spies. And they said, well, I'm not going to even do anything until you said you have a younger brother, bring him. He said, no, we, we, we are afraid. If we tell our father, he's not going to bring him, <laughs> et cetera. And they started speaking in Hebrew to each other and said, didn't we? Didn't Then one of them said, didn't I tell you don't sell him? The other one said, you see, remember what we did to our brother is what has happened to us. And he's hearing all of that. Isn't it wonderful? <laughs> They did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. So he, he speaks Egyptian, and then they interpret it, and he's acting as if he doesn't understand what they are saying. But the point is that they bowed. In fact, time will fail me to point all out, but between chapter 41 and up to chapter 50, they bowed five different times. Five different times five occasions they came to bow and when his father arrived he went on his knees too the prophecy was fulfilled amen but god spoke through dreams he said if there's a prophet among you i speak to him in dreams and so sometimes most of the time god will start us from base he will start at basic things he may speak to us in dreams And one of the ways is to start writing it down. Date it and write it down. So that when one comes to pass, you look back and say, ah, this is how he communicated with me. Okay, then I move on to the next. And that's how gradually you get to know exactly how he speaks to you. Amen. Because there must always be a reference point. Otherwise, you won't know how God is developing this gift in you. So I've got a book, uh, I said I was going to bring it, I think I left it, but I've been recording things since 1990. That one is very old, Jota. (laughs) I've got a very interesting title at the back. and I've recorded Dreams and Revelations, and many times I go back to see this has come to pass. This is how he spoke, this is what he revealed, etc, cetera, etc cetera. and it goes on and on and on and on so it gives you confidence to do certain things because you can look back and say, "But God spoke this way before. if we are not recording it, things will take you by surprise and you, def- you even doesn't, you don't know that you actually you are within the plan of God. Amen. so you're able to note certain things down and take note of them sometimes you, you don't recall I, I do remember somewhere Oh, yeah, I think it was sixth form. Somewhere in sixth form, upper sixth. And I had a dream of my wedding. And I saw the face of the person I was going to marry. I don't know the person. I saw the auditorium, the way the stage is set, etc. Some of the people who were there, all that. And I wrote it down. Just forgot about it. It was, it was when I was in honeymoon. <laughs> like I take that thing with me every time. So I just took it one morning. They say, hey, look at the hall. Look at the carpet. I wrote all these things. Amazing. Amazing. Isn't it? Yeah, so you are not confused about certain things. May you not dream of a lizard in Jesus' day. Amen. So, dreams come through dreams. Hmm. All right, let's see one more example. I want to pray. I want to pray today. Okay. So I said, dreams, visions. We saw that of Daniel. We've seen David, this man's own. Let's look at. Should I even take you to Agabus now? Okay, let's look at Agabus. So. Okay, let's look at Agabus in the New Testament. It's one of the New Testament prophets, Agabus. Verse 27. And in these days, Acts 11:27, Acts 11:27. In these days came prophets from Jerusalem to Antioch, and there stood up one of them named Agabus. Named Agabus. And he signified by the Spirit. He did what? Signified by the Spirit. He showed a sign by the Spirit that there will be great famine throughout all the world, which also happened or came to pass in the days of claudius caesar so again he revealed the mind of god this time by symbolic revelation either he stood there and maybe the bible says he signified by the spirit so he showed a sign you know sometimes god speaks through many forms it will be a prayer meeting going on and suddenly maybe he may hold his tummy or he may show signs of hunger etc and then finally he will interpret the action to see this is what god is saying this is what is going to happen let's look at one more thing about this man i think it's chapter 21 verse 10. If we take it from verse 8. And the next day we, that were with Paul, we departed and we came to Caesarea and we entered into the house of Philip the evangelist who was one of the seven. Remember in Acts chapter 6, there were seven deacons that were ordained, the first deacons of the church. And one of them was Philip. Later on, he became an evangelist. The Bible says, And the same man had four daughters, who were virgins who prophesied. So they operated the gift of prophecy. They were not prophets. The scripture would have called them prophets by says they prophesied. So they have the gift of prophecy. Remember we were dealing with spiritual gifts and the subject today is the spiritual gift of prophecy. So that's why I'm giving you some of these examples. And I said that even though you may prophesy by this spiritual gift, it does not make you a prophet. Uh, this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Next verse. And as we waited there, or we stayed there for some days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. And when Agabus came, he did something strange. Verse 11. And when he came, he took Paul's belt. So Paul is standing there. The man just comes and just takes the belt from his waist. He's a prophet. And he did something And he bound his own hands and feet with it. And then he said, this is what the Holy Spirit is saying. This is what will be done by the Jews at Jerusalem to the man who owns this belt. So that's prophecy. Again, this is predictive. It's revealing the mind of God that if you go to Jerusalem, Paul, you'll be arrested. But he came and took that and did that symbolically. And delivered him to the hands of the Gentiles. Now, Paul himself knew that that is what is going to happen. So he still went ahead. He didn't, he didn't listen to the prophet. He still went ahead. Because for him, it was necessary for that that would enable him to go to Rome to meet Caesar. So he made the appeal and he knew. So what Agabus did was a confirmation of what he knew already. If he doesn't know, he would have taken precautions. But what I'm telling you is that prophecy came by symbolic language. It just came, suddenly took your belt, And then I tied myself with it and said, this is exactly what is going to the person, happen to the person who owns this belt. If you go to Jerusalem, that's what will happen. If you follow the scripture from this verse, and Paul went to Jerusalem, he was really arrested. They bound him and put him in chains. And finally, he was shipped to Rome. The prophecy came to pass. But this is how God carried that out by symbolic revelation. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So when we look into the scriptures, we see that prophecy comes. God himself told us, as we read in Numbers 12, that if there is a prophet, this is how I speak. Basically, I speak to them in dreams and visions. Amen. And I've shared with you that visions are twofold, either open visions or closed visions. In dreams, we are fully asleep. And we may see things like what Pharaoh saw, like what Nebuchadnezzar saw, like what Joseph himself saw. Throughout the scriptures, we've seen God speaks through dreams and he also manifests in visions. When it's visions, close visions, we are not fully asleep and we are not fully awake. In between, these things begin to happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Maybe let me give you one more example. Hmm, Should I do that next week? What should I do? Should I teach you? Or I should postpone it? Speak. I'm listening to your prophecy. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Ezekiel chapter 8 now ended there. Ezekiel 8. Somebody who experienced an Ezekiel 8 experience. Strange things happen. Strange. But this is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord comes to prepare us. We must move to higher dimensions in God. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That we become like the Joseph generation. Like the Daniel generation. Daniel was 17. He heard from God. Once we begin, God speaks to us in dreams. It becomes easy to interpret. Because the gift will be there. The gift of word of knowledge will be there. To bring us interpretation and understanding. Amen. Now chapter 8 verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 8 verse 1. It came to pass in the sixth year. In the sixth month, have you noticed something interesting about the prophetic books? Just what I'm asking you to do. You write the dream, take note of the date. So when something happens, you know, that's what they say. In the sixth month, in the sixth year, in the that, in the year of King Uzziah and things like that, you know. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Some people have wrongly preached that message and said, your King Uzziah must die before you see the Lord. It was a dating system. It was a dating system. Your king Uziah doesn't need to die. The man, even if Uziah was a wicked man, he still heard from the Lord. They said, "I saw the Lord." The, kid, the year King Uziah died, I saw the Lord. So if you get, if you know your history and know the year King Uziah died, that's exactly what the prophet was trying to record, because not all of them were necessarily educated. So they use life events to take note of things. It's the same thing when you go to very poor, disadvantaged uneducated areas of certain parts of the world they are reckoning system dates of birth etc they lack date of birth but they remember events so they may say the day the year the tsunami occurred that's when i had that baby so when he brings the child to hospital and say what is the age of the child is this you with with you as the doctor you should know more well do you know the event of the tsunami that happened some time back in this country yes okay then guess Forget about January and February. If you know, if you know the year and the year is 2006 and you're a good person or you you can google it then you google it to know. Okay. Where do you come from? Okay, Ghana, West Africa, Accra. Really? Okay. Uh, when did the earthquake happen? <laughs> did you Google it and realize oh, it was in September of a particular year. I do remember many years ago in, in, in where I was trained in, in a medical school. That's what happened. The community there, some of them were very poor people from the coast area. They are not educated. They have a lot of children. There, if you are 12 years and you don't have a child, they declare you barren. They insult you that you are barren. Can you imagine? Charlie, oh my god, illiteracy is not good. Sometimes someone will come, a young lady will come totally battered, bruised, and battered assault and battery, as they say in law. His face is her face is all swollen. The guy has beaten her, good measure pressed down and shaking together. And you feel like you should press charges, call the police, treat the person, looks young, beautiful. Get the guy has beating you when you finish treating her. You, you should we call the police? No, no, no. It's, it's good. You see, it shows that he loves me. If, if he doesn't beat me, he doesn't love me. Seke, can you imagine? <laughs> it's madness. Madness. Seke is madness. In the girl language. Seke. But well, that's, that's, that's it. I mean, can you imagine? So she believes that she, she has to be beaten, that the guy is showing love. I mean, how? Then yeah, you have teenage pregnancy in capital letters i have got a lot of children. But the thing is that when you find this 13-year-old girl or 12-year-old comes pregnant, her mother follows her. What's the, what's the age of your child? Oh, when the... No, when that incident happened, <laughs> that is when I gave birth to her. Just two days after that incident, I gave birth to her. Now, he leaves that to you to judge and to think, when did that incident happen? That's, they just leave it with you. As for older people, when they come, they say, oh, the year that the greatest earthquake occurred in Accra, my mother said, two weeks after that earthquake, I was born. That's 1939. So that's why you know that. So that you can guess his age and treat him. Otherwise, you are finished. He doesn't know 24th July, those things that you know. Anyway, let's come here. In the sixth month, in the sixth year, in the sixth month, in the fifth day of the month, so fifth, june of that year as i sat i sat in my house and the elders of judah sat before me that the hand of the lord fell upon me there in other words the spirit of god is sometimes known as the hand of the lord the spirit of the lord came upon me whilst elders were sitting before me next verse please then i looked and i saw A likeness like the appearance of fire from the appearance of his waist even upwards from the appearance of his waist and downwards fire and from his waist and upwards like the appearance of brightness like the color of amber people were sitting before him he's still talking to them you see what i was telling you that sometimes i will be talking to you and it looks like something has come behind you and i can see things about people that's so what some people ask me. But how did you see? You were not praying. Your eyes were, yeah, because I see another thing. See, something just comes up. It comes in different forms. Some of it may appear like a big screen. Others is just like a scroll. Sometimes it's just like a little piece of paper and it's written with pen. So I just call your name. This is what I see. What does that mean? He stretched out the form of a hand and he took me by the lock of my hairs. So I'm still sitting. Ezekiel said, I'm sitting. The elders of... Judah are sitting before me in my house. We are having a meeting. And then I see this person has come to stand before me, took me by my hair, and then took me out. And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and the heaven. I'm still talking to them, but I'm out. They'll still hear me, but they don't know that I'm gone. And brought me in visions of God. Have you seen it? visions of god this is not a closed vision this is an open vision he was even talking to people and he's been taken out and he brought me to jerusalem can you imagine they were in babylon he's taking him to another country that's i told you that one sunday i was preaching in church and then somebody came in and then i i went over to speak to the person and said "Where, where have you come from you went to sleep in a boy's house You are not married to him and all this. You know how? Because whilst I was preaching and the person started coming in, I saw myself going out. I'm still preaching. You were sitting down hearing me preach, but I went out of the room and followed outside and saw the black car, registration number so and so. That, and I traced, I followed the car. I was still following the car all the way to Bermondsey, to house number 17B of that street. And all of this, so I just went there and said, Where have you come from? I know you live in Temsme, but this you have just come from here. She was just shocked. That that's exactly what. It was. But most of you would have been hearing me preaching. Maybe I was preaching on love. <laughs> but then I came down from the stage. I started going to minister to someone. We still preaching love. She never heard what I said. But that's exactly what happened. Jerusalem straight, and the guys were still sitting before him. He's been taken out in an open vision. The door of the north gate of the inner court, where the seat of the image of jealousy was, which provokes to jealousy. So God took him out to Jerusalem and showed him what was the reason why they are now in captivity. Because they've been there for about 70 years. God took him right to his ancestry to show him this is the reason why your family and everybody has come here as slaves. God had to show him that they were sitting there the glory of the lord of israel was there like the vision that i saw in the plain, etc etc he saw this let's let's finish that quickly so you see how he came back then he said to me son of man lift your eyes now towards the north so i lifted my eyes towards the north and there north of the altar north of the altar gate furthermore he said to me son of man do you see what they are doing the great abominations that the house of israel commits here to make me go far away from my people from my sanctuary now turn again you will see great abominations People are still sitting before him. He's seeing all these things, seeing things. So he brought me to the door of the court, and when I looked, there was a hole in the wall. Next verse. Then he said to me, son of man, dig into the wall. And when I dug into the wall, there was a door. So all this is happening in an open vision. Some people were still talking to him, but he's gone. He might be listening to them. They will be talking and talking and talking, but he's he's not there. And these things can be very swift in the spirit. Sometimes, split seconds, you're going to do all these things and come back. And he said to me, Go in and see the wicked abominations which they are doing there. And so I went in and saw, and there, every sort of creeping thing, abominable beasts, and all the idols of the house of Israel portrayed all around on the walls. And there stood before them 70 men of the elders of the house of Israel. And in their midst, is a man called Jezaniah, the son of Shaphan. Each man had a censor. So God is even revealing to him the wicked people who are working things, who are, the, who are responsible for all the trouble. Next verse 12. Then he said to me, son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel do in the dark? Every man in the room of his idols. For they are saying that the Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. The man is in another country. He has been taken into the spirit to come and check what is going on. Background stuff. And he said to me, turn again and you will see greater abominations that they are doing. So further things were being revealed. So he brought me to the door of the north gate, etc. And he saw women weeping there. He saw abominations. They were worshipping Tammuz. Then he said to me, have you seen this, O son of man? Turn again you will see greater abominations. Further things were being revealed. He saw some people there and they were about 20 Next verse, let's carry on to the very bit where he he says something about, is that the end? So God started speaking to him about what he will do. You know, I will act in my fury, my eye will not spare, nor will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, I will not hear them. So you see, he's gone to see things and now he's also hearing what God intends to do with them. Next verse, please. Then he called out in my hearing with a loud voice, saying, Let those who have charge over the city draw near, each with a deadly weapon in his hands. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So you see that this is deep revelations that was coming to him by being taken out. I told you that they are out-of-body experience. That's this one, one of them. So visions can happen like that. Either we will see things or we will be taken out to go and see something and then come back. May the Lord open your eyes. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So in the, in the boarding school in which I was, I'm sure I've shared that with you before. I... I was the prayer secretary of the Students' Christian Fellowship. And the prayer secretary's job is to pray. So I pray, it's like prayer director. Me, I was prayer. And every afternoon after, after lunch, I just go to the woods and go and pray till six o'clock. Three, three hours every afternoon, pray, pray, pray like that. And I do remember very well that just before my final exams, I was sleeping one evening, we we were about to sleep. I hadn't fallen asleep completely. I still do remember it very well. I was lying on my bed, my roommates were there, we were three, we were prefects. Interestingly, most of the prefects were Christians because we, we we were evangelizing the whole school. So. We, we were in the prefect's cubicle. I was, I was a dining hall prefect as well as a library prefect. And then in the fellowship, I was the prayer secretary. And I think that something happened to the president, so he was sacked from school. So eventually, <laughs> this, they, they, they did the wrong choice in selecting him <laughs> as, as president. They look on outward appearance. Not that really, he was not proper. <laughs> so eventually, some of us have to take that role. So you were playing double roles in many things. Now, long story short, I do remember my friends were all there, and it was around 11 p.m. We were just chatting. I think we were having conversation about, you know, so many things, and I moved on to discussion of war. You know, when boys are in the boys' dormitory, we talk about war, world wars and spies and Nazis and all of that. <laughs> and so we are just about to sleep, and I realized that everybody was just, okay, let's all pray and sleep. But then I saw that as I lay on my bed and was just about to say a prayer, I still could see this, my other two friends in the room. And then I saw that I was coming out. And I stood by my bed. And I could see my body there. And I've come out. So I want to force myself. But there was a force that was taking me still out. Now I look at my friends. And I remember that split second. The only thing I remember is, I'm dead. <laughs> because my grandfather said, when people die, they get out of their body. Because as a child, they are curiously always asking, why, why is he dead? And since they break the news of someone dead, and I said, Grandpa, they say, they say the person is dead. What does it mean? He said, when somebody dies, he has come out of his body and he's gone to heaven. So I saw my said, "Come and I said, oh, I'm dead. <laughs> then I saw that I was taken out of the room with a force behind me. I couldn't get back in. I could still see my body. I could see my friends. They were still chatting. But they can't see me. I could see them. And then I came out, went through the corridor, was led out. It was a story, three story, and we were on the top floor. So I came out second floor, came down to the ground floor, and I was led all the way to the dining hall. Now, I was dining hall prefect. I was being led to the dining hall. Now, in secondary schools back then, you you could see these doors there, but there's no physical door in the natural It's been broken down. Boys have hit it. You know, done. Strength is the school is not repairing them. People then jump them and just get into the hall. And you know, then that's the same place for assembly hall as well. The dining hall is the same place where we have assembly sometimes. And serious things take place there. I mean, there's a there's a stage there. That's where prefects are inducted. Any official ceremony takes place in that big hall that can take two thousand five hundred students. It's a very big school. And then but this time when i got there in the natural we just walked through the doors it just had the frame the fiscal door is not there boys have broken it down a long time ago so when i got there this time there was a door and i opened i entered and then i went by the side of the door there's a door by the stage this was a ceremonistic place but this very door even when it is open we don't normally use it. It's the head teachers, headmistress, governess, and then prefects only pass through that door to be inducted. In the natural, in the physical, there is no physical door there. You only see the door frame. But this time when I got there, there was a door. And I heard a voice saying, Open that door. So I opened the door. And when I opened the door, there was a woman. She had a turban, a black turban on, and she was very shy like that she's sitting there like a queen and the voice told me ask her to leave so I said leave she wouldn't even mind me she looked at me and then she she just shook her head I said leave then she spoke and said you only came to study finish your study and go I have been here before you came and I said but you must leave and I could feel the power behind me was stronger. So I just looked at this thing, who is resisting me? And I just kicked it. <coughs> <laughs> and immediately, she grew very tall. Without exaggeration, God be my witness, she grew as tall as to the height of this white light. And then I feel like a dwarf. And I was looking at it. With the turban on, she looks down on me like that. But I felt that there was a power behind me that was still telling me, ask her to leave. So I said, get out of here. So she reluctantly walked out of the dining hall to the first corridor. And I, st- I kept on trying to kick this thing. And she was still reluctantly leaving and walked out of the first corridor to the second corridor and then passed through Now, in between the dining hall and the main administration block, there is a girl's dormitory there. That was what we call house nine. Girls were there. Now, we went through that area. It was still doing that, but I was still kicking it, get out of here. Get out. Get out. And she was reluctantly moving, but she was still moving. And all the way until we got in between the girl's dormitory and the main administration block. When you get to the main administration block, you have to go Behind the main administration block there is a street and then that will take you to the main gate of the school. But I've now brought it out of the dining hall all the way to in between the girls' dormitory and the main administration block and it refused to go. When I asked it to leave, it just shrunk in size and went to that spot. And I woke up. And there was goosebumps all over me. It felt so real. I said, what's going on here? And when I woke up, it was 4 a.m. This thing I just described, I still remember it was 11 when I was lying on my bed. By 4 a.m. And then it take, take too long, I mean, you could hear the bells, I mean, the boys dormitory, it's time for prayer, it's time for prayer, you know, they come and wake everybody. If You will wake up, <laughs> you wake up. we we'll wake you up by water or by noise. We Sprinkle water on you on your bed. You will get up if you won't get up then you go by noise noise is when they take you know milk ev- evaporated milk tin or milo you know milo milo tin will scratch it on the ground on the bay, on the y- you like that isn't it when you hear so it is water or sound you get up <laughs> you get up now so people got out we prayed anyway long story short they came i was dining hall preface so you have to get into the dining hall first ring the bell people come and eat you give announcements, you do everything, and then everybody goes. After lectures in the day, one o'clock, we all come back again to dining hall to eat lunch. And after we finish lunch, you give announcements as preface, then everybody have to go siesta for two hours. You know, three hours siesta, 1.30, two o'clock to five, everybody must go and sleep. You shouldn't be seen on the campus. Everybody go and sleep. So people will go and sleep to rest. Now, just as I was about to leave the dining hall, one of the sisters in the school fellowship, she walked to me. I was even going to panic because we were very hard on Christians who do not follow rules because we are prefects. We don't want to be accused of being, you know, having favorites. So she was wearing a cardigan, and she should be in school uniform, but she was wearing a long sleeve, you know, like a jumper type of thing. And I was already going to say, go on your knees. They said, Senior James, I've got. He said, i have giving you another name. So they called me Senior James. He said, disciple, I've got something to say. Why, why are you there? He said, please, you sit. when you sit, I will explain. So I sat alone with her in the dining hall, because everyone is gone. But because you are prefect, you have the right to be there. So I said, what's the matter? She said, this midnight, I had a dream. I had a dream that you are fighting someone on behalf of the school. And... The thing came to the dining hall. You fought it out of the dining hall, and you came out. Sina James, can you come out of the room? Can, Can we come out of here? So we came out of the dining hall, and she led me all the way to the spot. And then she said, and when we got, I came out of my room. She was in house nine. She said, I came out of there to come and help you. And the thing changed into a wild cat and scratched my right arm. So she pulled the cardigan back. And the marks, like a claw, was there. He said, and Sr. James, the thing entered here, the very spot I saw in my dream. I didn't want to scare her. So I said, really? This is a revelation. At that age, we were very smart in our thinking. Say, this is a revelation, but I need to sort you out. He said, so have you treated said, I don't know how to explain it to the school nurse. Because they won't <coughs> believe me. I said, I'm going to take you. i have to use my prefectorial powers. Take you there and get drugs for you. Put it on. And I, then I signed a cheat for her. I said, you're going to wear this for the next seven days until that thing goes away. But that was a revelation. And then when I came back meditating on it, I remember that the, the senior before me, when, they were having, when we came to Sixth Form, and then we were being inducted as um, leaders of the Christian Fellowship, the one who was prayer secretary before, at that time, at the time that I was remembering he has now become a pastor, you know, he said to me, I remember when he was handing over to me, he said, there's something in this school. I have moved it to a point. You have to move it. And the one who handed over to him also told him there's something here. I've moved it from a point. You must also move it. He didn't tell me what it is. So when we were about to hand over, you know, all those alumni also came back. Then he said to me, he said, Disciple, did you meet anything? I said, I met something. I've moved it to some point. He said, okay. When do you hand over, whoever you hand over to, tell him something. So me too. The one I, I said, there's something here. Kick it out. We won't explain what it is. We just leave it. Kick it in the spirit. See, some years later, I met him. He too has become a pastor. I said, hey, when I was handing over to you some years, did you move something? He said, oh, apostle, I kicked that thing to the door. So that thing was doing something. We kick it. I'm sure by now he's out of the school completely. Unless the one who came after us has been sleeping and eating and doing fast. But may the Holy Spirit visit somebody here. In the name of Jesus. Have you been blessed? Have you been enlightened? Receive grace. Receive power. Receive this unction. Shall we begin to pray? In the mighty name of Jesus in a short time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This has been a broadcast of Green Pastures with Bishop James Hansen Saki of the Christ Church International Group of Churches located in the United Kingdom, Switzerland, Ghana, and USA. For further information, please contact us on telephone plus four-seven things-355621. On the web, www.ChristChurches.org. Facebook, Christ Church International. Christ Church, changing lives, fulfilling destinies on the foundation of God's Word.